Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Padilla in the Know. We are coming to you live from Hollywood at Intelligentsia Coffee, and I have the lovely Daniel Musto with me today. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you for facing the beautiful sunshine. Uh, It just rained, and now we have all of this. Yeah, the sun has finally come out. It was pouring with rain this morning and freezing cold, and you would not know that we were in LA. (laughs) You would think we were somewhere on the East Coast. But alas, here we are. So thank you for joining us in New Hampshire. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> All right. So we have so much to get to with you. So I think we'll just jump right in. All right. So you have done everything in the world of style. You've been a celebrity stylist, an on-camera expert, a yeah. designer, just like everything. So give us a little bit about your history and your background and some of the incredible things you've accomplished in your career. And tell us what you're up to these days. Okay. So obviously before you become the on-camera expert, you have to do something that make you the expert, right? That's and sometimes true. along the way you even are called an expert before you really deserve it, but that's all the that's training okay. wheels that get you to be the Martha right. Stewart, right? Um, moved out here when I was 18. By 20, I was dressing Paula for American Idol, which was like a major moment because I was a baby, but she loved that I was a baby and she could yeah. sort of, you know, form me into whatever she needed me to be as a stylist, child, a childist. Um, and, and after that, what, I ended up styling other celebrities. I ended up becoming an assistant again and learning some things with the Spice Girls, going yeah. to London with them. You know, learning how to dress pop stars through the Spice Girls was like a major moment. Um, still friends with some of them too. It's kind of a, it's a fun little mentor space for me as a stylist because as you can see, I love a little rhinestone fringe. And so do they, you know. Um, making pop music Who always requires a little rhinestone. Everyone needs a rhinestone moment. Thank you, Cher. And, but in everything that I did, I would mention that I wanted to be on camera doing it as well. And really just, instead of dressing one person and changing their look or their career, um, or their overall aesthetic, I wanted to change it for everybody. I wanted women all over the world to be able to listen in on me and learn what came of all the craziness that I was doing in my career. Um, ultimately, I ended up styling like every competition show for NBC and now Netflix and with that, you're learning how to dress athletes and people of different body types and then hosts who are in from all over the world. And there were days where I would fit like eight hosts who didn't speak English. And you're like, okay, I didn't realize it could get harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> but now they don't even speak my language. And I'm being denied a translator. So I'm like, what is, what is this job? What is this life? But it ends up teaching you so much more about dressing someone and communicating through clothes and body types yeah. without words. So all of that sort of led me to where I am now, where now I'm on a reality show on USA and E-Network, um, where I get to just be me. It's so funny. My whole life, I've worked so hard <laughs> to be able to like talk about my resume on TV. And they're like, let's forget about all that. Just be you. Just be Daniel. So that's an interesting moment where you're celebrated just for who you've become as a person and everything else is sort of just on the wayside. Yeah. But I guess I should be flattered. Full circle. And you should be. Yeah, and it's fun. And now, you know, we worked together at E before and now E has me come on to do um, red carpet hosting but more in the real people space. So we work with Stitch Fix and we do with sales and we interview like regular people on the red carpet but then it airs during the celebrity red carpets where we celebrate real people. Which has sort of always been my thing. So it's almost like 10 years ago, these little voices in my head were saying, get in touch with real people, real people, real people, by way of, you know, sitting on top of the shoulders of celebrities. And now it's sort of, real people are the celebrities for us. Yeah. 
It's a beautiful, it's a nice full circle. Isn't it I interesting? Like, yeah. where do we go next? I'm 33. What's what's going to happen? I don't know. Zombie well, apocalypse. What's going to happen? <laughs> That's all I feel like you can do from here. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're not far away. So, you yeah, know. So, I would say for everyone, celebrities, regular people, mm-hmm. influencers, Instagram has truly made your life a fashion show. Yes. And you are constantly having your photo taken. Mm-hmm. You're in stories. You're on your feed. You're in your friend's stories. Like, yeah. you're forever around. So, how important is it when you are representing a brand, when you are a brand, when you're hoping to work with brands, to dress on brand for your personality? Okay, so about a year and three months ago, it was the new year, it was 2018, and although I'd sprinkled some of my personal style into my Instagram and into YouTube moments, I wasn't really focusing on it, and it would just happen by mistake. And my friends and my fans and my followers were all like, Let's, I want to see more of you. I want you to like literally style shoots that feature you utilizing the styles that you've you know developed over the years with your talent that you've been dressing. And I just was like, okay, we're going to start shooting. So I started hiring photographers and shooting looks and going to different places and producing these mini Instagram shoots. Yeah. And it, at first, I was like, who am I in that world? Like, you don't you don't realize that when you're behind the scenes and you're constantly dressing everyone, how interesting it is to develop yourself mm-hmm. while thinking for everybody else. Yeah. So I ended up kind of finding this fun world of flair and sparkles and rhinestones and a love for country music now expressing itself through fashion on me. So in my personal style on the ground, that fashion show is very, like, comfortable but flashy yeah and that's kind of where we sit right now that's what it's it's sort of come to us because at the beginning i was wearing these flashy suits and then i was also doing jean jackets yeah i'm like what's the middle point here so we found this fun space where i'm very like liberace lumberjack i love that <laughs> i lumber liberace lumberjack is my new favorite phrase of the week Elsewhere. Like, so that's yes. kind of where i've ended up in that little like fashion show of life where people get to experience it and i enjoy doing it i enjoy expressing it i enjoy showing how dorky and cheesy i could be behind the scenes we have a lot of like when you would love watching like true life britney spears back in the yeah. day and you see her like film a video and then she's like sticking out her tongue uh-huh. and food. that's so me i love it it's <laughs> so good oh britney love you forever um so when someone is thinking about constructing an outfit to express their personality on social and photographs on camera what do you work with them to help take it, like, or what do you take into consideration when you're working with them to put an outfit together that helps them stay on brand and articulate that brand visually through what they're wearing? There's two kinds of people, those who want to stay on brand and those who want to rebrand. If you want to stay on brand, then we will do a vision board of all our favorite looks that they've done. That's usually someone who has some sort of success, either as talent or a socialite, and they want to take it to a new level. So we do this fun vision board of, like, you looked great here, you looked great there, that was great at that party, the Vogue event, you look amazing, let's do more of that color, and you put that all together. And that helps you think in this fashion mind where you're solely focused on what you've done, and that was great. You know, we forget all the bad stuff, we've all made weird, bad fashion choices. Put those on the wayside, only focus on that, and you become this, like, creative brain where the wheels are constantly just turning and, you know, resubmitting the positive outfits, like the outfits that really brought positivity to you. And then if you want to rebrand, a lot of times those vision boards are featuring other people's outfits. So I say, you know, to guys, like, do you like David Beckham? Do you like Brad Pitt? Do you like Will Smith? Let's Google their red carpet moments. And it's amazing what you can find and be inspired by, by Googling 
your favorite celebrities whose style you want to emulate and the word red carpet after. Yeah. And then you just create this vision board where you get head to toe full looks where you can say, okay, like I love Brad Pitt's shoes and everything. I love Ryan Phillippe's blazer choices. Yeah. And if you make a vision board like that, all of a sudden not only you but your stylist and your whole team are only seeing the future you in that way. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I think it's so smart to collect those images to share with everyone because particularly in creative a picture really is worth a thousand words and it can be so challenging to articulate exactly what you want and what yeah. you feel good about and a picture can really help you get there yeah and you also want to do I like I like playing with the marriage the celebrity marriage game where you say okay I want to be like Madonna meets Casey Musgraves or you want to be like the love child of two different celebrities or yeah. three that way you can be like I want to be like Elvis meets you know Ryan Gosling yeah. and what does that mean to you that means you know classic silhouettes with some embellishments right yeah. and a cool hairstyle so if you marry two celebs together when you're branding yourself it makes it really easy for other people who know those celebrities too to understand what direction you're going in yeah. but also for you to think like that yeah. by the way I feel like I'm Elvis meets Casey Mustard. <laughs> I love I love both of them. And I love you. So it all works out. <laughs> I love you too. But I do think it's important to visualize where you want to go. Yes. Especially in terms of fashion, because you do have to evolve to that place. So it helps you not take one enormous leap, which yeah. could kind of come off yeah, as yeah. a maybe a fashion don't. Mm-hmm. And helps you take the steps to get there in a way that is a fashion do. Yeah, and the fashion don'ts still make sense too. The fashion don'ts luckily Although the images and the videos last forever, you only have your heart and your soul only experiences it for a short second while you actually are at the event or you know hosting something and let it pass, you know, let it fly yeah. through and just you know if the only bad press you're getting is about a weird fashion choice you made, then you're doing okay. You're you're fine. Things yeah. are fine. Like everything's working out just yeah. fine. So speaking of do's and don'ts, yeah. what are your top three do's for dressing for an on-camera appearance or even just a public speaking style, something where you're going to be photographed a lot, there'll be some bright lights, quite a few people. Okay, so a do would be to wear color, especially if you aren't on camera a lot. And you, yeah. you know, if you're someone like Ryan Seacrest, he has to wear navy and he has to wear black sometimes because he is just on camera every single day. Right. So if you have limited appearances, definitely throw as much color in as you can to get noticed. Um, I'd also say to not ask a lot of people before you go out on stage what they think of your outfit because you'll get in your head. Um, I have a lot of people who like to like send pictures to their boyfriends and then ask the stage director and then like see what their publicist thinks and it's like it's an outfit. Go out there, experience it. You loved it. You're working with a stylist typically yeah. who has great taste and wants to make sure you look great. Right. Um, and another do would be to wear the proper undergarments. Yeah. Even if you're that person who's like, I hate wearing a bra. Well, guess what? You wear bras on TV. It's just the way it is. You got to get a little lift. You got to make sure that the nip don't show. Yeah. So make sure the proper undergarments are being worn, or maybe not worn. If you if you can't live without underwear, but you're wearing a skin tight dress and it shows, guess what you're doing today? Yeah. You're living without the underwear. Yeah, I would say those lights are brighter than people think. Always, which gets us into our don'ts, doesn't it? Yes, which transitions us perfectly into our don'ts. So what would you say are the top three don'ts for dressing on camera? Okay, top three don'ts. Um, Don't wear any fabrics that are too thin. Yeah. without the proper undergarments or even at all like why even take the risk because there's I also love when you can see a bra yeah I don't think it's great unless you're wearing the perilla and right and that's the point right 
Um, you want to make sure that everything that you're wearing lengthens you, no matter how tall you are. Because I feel like the whole, the camera adds 10 pounds makes sense, but it's really, it sort of shortens everyone. Yeah. And I think that's the part of it that makes it seem like you have more weight on you. Yeah. So anything that elongates you, like a, a stripe like you see behind yeah. us, um, you want to do, like, taper things in as much as you can. Mm-hmm. The keyword of any shirt is darts. Darts on the back are what you see when you, especially buy a men's shirt or, like, a fitted women's shirt, even at, like, Express, yeah. where they put the little triangles on the back to suck it in at the waist. Yeah. No matter what your body type, that will always help you. Um, and then also, don't go, I mean, if you're, if you're in the world of branding yourself as an expert or, you know, a proper influencer, unless you are representing the hair business, keep your hair kind of sleek, sophisticated, yeah. and classic, especially if you're playing around with your fashion, because that can distract people so much. Yeah. And that's not to say if you have big curly hair, don't wear the big curly hair, but wear the big curly hair and maybe, like, not the pink stripe. Right. Yeah, <laughs> pick your bottles. Yeah, a lot of people want to, like, do extra things to their hair. I know I have a friend specifically who recently stopped doing that so much because she realized it was taking away from what was coming out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you also want to think that a lot of the framing on television is kind of from here yeah. up. So sort of pay attention to the contrast happening. You're literally like your hair, your boobs, and your eyes, right? <laughs> that's all. So you got to make sure that that's all you've been distilled down to that. The boobies are in place, and your eyes are bright and gorgeous. And yeah, that's all you need. That's the most important part. So, what are three items that you always carry with you in your kit as your in case of emergency items? And have you ever had to use any of those? Okay, yeah, I use them all the time. Um, <laughs> number one is the double stick tape, just because I use it for things like. On women, you use it to not show you know, your bust line or take things like hold your pants up. But for men, we use it for weird stuff, like holding our collars down. That's yeah. a big one because yeah. you will, collars have a life of their own when you're on camera and they will just like pop up, they'll fly. You're like, ooh, is there an invisible string tugging on this? Right. So you want to keep everything tapered down. I also love a Sharpie, and a black Sharpie in every size because you'd be surprised how many times you see like, like this hat of Levi's tag on it, but I made it black because I felt like the red was popping too much yeah. when I do things like this. Yeah. So I darkened it with a Sharpie. So smart. If you ever cut out a tag from inside of a blouse, especially a woman with more sheer fabric, it, you'll see that little bit of white in mm-hmm. there, and most of the time you have a navy or black color going on, so you yeah. can Sharpie that. Having a Sharpie in every color is great to Sharpie on top of that satin tag so that you don't see it anymore. Um, I'm going to do like a bunch of these, not even great. Then there's black safety pins are amazing. If you're doing self-alterations, unless it's a white item, usually a black safety pin won't reflect the light. So it won't bounce off like on the silver and it'll just be muted and you'll have like whatever little nip and tuck you have to do. It's great for hemming pants last minute. You just use the black safety pins on the inside, you iron it down and everything's fine, at least for the day. Um, I also love for both men and women a lot of times on shows now, we do talk shows, although you're speaking straight to the camera, they'll pan around you and show the top of your head. Mm-hmm. So I love the Topics hair powder because we all have a cowlick. Oh, and that cowlick, especially yeah. if you're using products in your hair, could get a little greasy. So you get Topics from blonde to dark black. And you shake a little on top of your, your client's head. I'm not a hairstylist, but I need to make sure that there's no grease everywhere right. when we're doing a full outfit. And for myself. So we shake a little bit of that on there, and that actually helps separate the look too because 
it's a head-to-toe situation. I love it. So you obviously are a wealth of just yeah. styling tips that is unreal, but you are so much more than a celebrity stylist, and you have built an incredibly engaged audience on social. You have expanded your career far beyond just styling. Can you share with us a little bit about how you transitioned from being a stylist into an expert and opening the door to all these different opportunities in your career? So when I was 16, I remember telling my mom I wanted to be like an on-camera stylist. I was, I'd see them on Oprah or like Entertainment Tonight. And I'd be like, I want to do that. And she's like, well, you need to learn how to be a stylist first. And then you do that. So going into a career as a stylist who had that sort of in the back of my head, it would just, you know, you're on set with people all day, important people, people who are huge publicists and managers and agents and directors and producers. And you just put it in all of their ears as they're loving you up and seeing how talented you are and that you show up and you're professional and you look great and you clean yourself up that you also would love to do what you're doing on camera. And that goes for any business. If you're in the medical field, if you start telling people that you want to be an on-camera expert in the medical field every day in what you do, no matter what level they're at, you will always reach somebody yeah. who has some say. Like, at the end of the day, if even the local news in a small town wants to have you on as an expert, that's huge if that's your first thing. And that is so easy to do. Literally, people yeah. are so desperate and hungry for your expertise way more than you are to get it out there. Yeah. So once you realize that, you're just like a talking machine. It's also a great um, way to hone your craft. Uh-huh. You know, I think practice is invaluable in this career. So it's, I think it's such a wonderful way just to keep getting on that bike. Uh-huh. And that's what I did. I just would tell everybody. I'd be like, I want to talk about this on entertainment tonight or wherever. And just slowly, you get start to get brought on. A lot of it now happens in like podcasts or yeah. these like after buzz TV things that people do yeah. where you learn how to do it without being seen at first. You're just heard. You know, we used to call it radio. And then, <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. And then you end up now being able to you know try it out. Are you the funny person? Yeah. Are you the informative person? Are you the cheeky person? Are you the sarcastic person? I'm all those things, but I realized that along the way. Right. And because what you, what I, as I was pitching myself and I was getting these jobs and hosting these live events and going on these TV shows, you realize that you start to hone in on what people are laughing at, yeah. what people are writing you about the next day. Oh my God, I love when you talked about double stick tape and what yeah. you do. Like, you're like, oh, people are into the hacks. People yeah. love a hack. So you start elevating that part of yourself. Yep. And that, it's like Gordon Ramsay. Do you think Gordon Ramsay is a total jerk all day, every day, and is like cracking whips? No. But for the 30 minutes we get him on TV, he knows that that's what he needs to be. It's a part of him. Yeah. But that's what we reacted to, and that's what we love. Yeah. So that's what you do. You elevate that part of yourself. So smart. Such great advice. So for someone who's trying to break into the media as an expert in their field, okay. can you share a little bit about what you think would be a great way to approach that, some things that have worked for you? Um, using this, Instagram Live is huge. How great that you can like speak to all 200 or 2,000 or 200,000 of your followers and have it live for a day. Yeah, so good. <laughs> um, of course, people can latch onto this and save it forever, but for the most part, it's just a fun, temporary way to experiment, yeah. to chat with people directly. Like, we didn't have that when I was starting. There was no, like, speaking to your fans. They just knew you, knew of you, and looked out for you, and that's yeah. the way it was. Um, so utilizing this space and, like, pretend that everything that you're doing 
is the biggest gig that you want. So yeah. for me, like a dream job would be to host America's Got Talent. I would love to do that. I would love to experience that with all the contestants. So whenever I go on and I host shows, I just sort of pretend that that's my job. Yeah. And that's a really interesting way. And that goes for both on camera and off camera to put everything that you could possibly have into the moment you have now. Because you really never know who's watching. That's another huge one, too. You really have no idea who sees what you're doing and has an idea for you in the future. Yeah. So true. Totally true. And also know that those people, too, are planning the next step for you without you even knowing it somewhere. Somewhere there's like a meet. Someone's having a meeting. And your name is coming up, and you're not going to be told until they're really sure that they want you for it. So all along the way, you just got to make sure that you keep showing up. Yeah, and that you're ready when the opportunity arises. Exactly. So I think you've had this amazing professional career, but you've also created this incredible community mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they're super engaged, and they're really funny and cool and diverse. How did you build that community, and then how do you keep that community energized around what you're doing? I'd say building the community was mostly by elevating that part of myself on Instagram, too, because that's a whole other place. Instagram loves when I am myself, which I've realized is funny, cheeky, sarcastic, all those things. No matter what I do or how polished I look in a picture, they love to either see a little behind the scenes or get a little insight into what we were doing, and also to humbly invite those of your, those people in your circles who have more following who are like on brand with what you do to celebrate you on theirs too it's just the way it is if you if like my dear friend Jeannie Mai who's so freaking funny she makes me laugh till I pee if I'm laughing till I pee in the background of one of her videos and she tags me her audience then is like oh my god I'm so jealous I want to laugh till I pee in Jeannie Mai's dressing room and they start following you because they get a little insight into that too yeah and um Realize also it's about paying attention to. So if like Jeannie tagged me in something, and I know that we were like we've done crazy things where we're like cooking with her mom, and her fans are loving it. They are following us. They're laughing with us. They want us to do an Insta live. We do all of it. I now know that okay, cooking and having fun with it and messing up the whole time is something that my people might like too. So you try it out with your people. Yeah. And that's the way you kind of hone like your top five activities that people want to watch you do. Yeah. In mine, it's like a, it's a big like behind the scenes, Daniel's point of view people like. Yeah. And that's why I do Instagram takeovers for brands now where they want to get like, what is, what's Daniel's point of view on, you know, an award show or fashion week or whatever it is. It's just what they're into. And it's almost because I'm so normal. Yeah. And I'm like in this fabulous world. Right. Well, and I think that's kind of the thing that, you know, you're hitting the nail on the head. You're you, you know, and you're not the ultra polished, ultra perfect version of you. You're the real version of you. And I think that's what people love about stories and what they love about Instagram is that you can show yourself to be a real human. You don't have to be as professional and buttoned up and polished as if you're doing red carpet commentary for E. It's a very different experience. You need to be buttoned up. You need to be very professional and polished for that. But if you're on Instagram Live and it's, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon at Stagecoach, you can have a little fun, let loose. I love 4 o'clock in the afternoon at Stagecoach. (laughs) It's interesting, too, that you bring up the e-hosting thing, because when I do that, I realize that there's a shift now in the new hosts that these companies are bringing on 
where like Jeannie Mai said it best. She's like, Cardi B changed it for all of us. Yeah. Because people saw how real we can be in those yes. situations while interviewing, while being interviewed. Yeah. And she's like, that whole like, take a deep breath, let the weight just fly off of you, and just say whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Is something that actually these people in casting are looking for. Now. Yeah. It's almost like you're better off being a golden over. <laughs> Because then you're just like, I'm going to do it. We got it. We'll just go. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It is an interesting shift. And it's something that I see even mirrored in the way that we're making video content. I'd say two or three years ago, we were making super buttoned up, very produced, very beautifully lit, super even content. And now I'm looking for ways to elevate something that looks like it shot on the iPhone. You well, know? we always were used to commercials because we were yeah. trained in TV. So you thought that, oh, let's do TV, but on Instagram. Uh-huh. And then you realize, wait, it actually needs to feel more like a fly on the wall yeah. than it does. Like, let's set up a camera and yeah. set up the camera and- well, and it used to be like a super aspirational fly on the wall, and now I feel like it's a real fly on the wall. Yeah, infomercials used to make so much money for, like, you know, gadgets and stupid things, and you would watch it, and it would be like, this does this, and this does that, and it saves you this, and whatever. Now people want to watch it in motion, and yeah. they want to, like, see the result without having to hear anything. Right. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think the consumer is infinitely more sophisticated, and I'm... I'm grateful that they are because it makes making content so much more fun. It allows you to be more creative. It allows you to build a relationship with people that you may otherwise never have gotten to know and let them help shape your work and creativity and put, have their input and challenge you to be more creative. Totally. You know, and that's well, such a great place to be. What's fun is it, it all ends up giving you a voice, which then we don't need because everyone's watching everything on you. Right. I know, right? The irony is like no one hears you. Here's what you're saying anymore. Well, where can everyone follow along on your okay. adventures? Okay, so follow me at Daniel Musto, M-U-S-T-O, like Gusto. Um, I also have, as a fluke, randomly, I am now doing like a custom clothing line called Daniel Wait, no, Diamond. time out. It's not a fluke. It's like, meant to be. Like, well, this actually, stuff is incredible. I say fluke because it, part of it started with Luke Bryan jumping on top of me at Stagecoach at a party and, like, freaking out about my fringe. This fringe, this exact jacket. And I was like, Luke and the fluke, like, just, you know what? You start to realize people want something and you have to give it to them. Yeah. And I'm having so much fun with it. Because, I'm like I said, I've always been styling and then speaking to the masses about it and teaching people about what I've learned but now I get to sort of design for the masses based on what I've created and the different things I've done and embellishments that I've done to clothing yeah. that people have always been like where can I get that yeah so now we're doing it for everybody well it's perfect thank you you're perfect and I am so grateful that you made the time to speak with us today right. this is so fun I've learned a bunch which I love and alright well thank you so yes. much again this I is great and like you guys follow Daniel. He's amazing. <laughs> and get these jackets because they're going to rock your world. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Love you.